welcome to She Dares to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Oleksova, multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, marketing strategist, and educator. And my intention is to empower you to create anything your soul desires. Whether you want to find your life's purpose, leave your nine to five job, or turn your unique talent into a thriving business, this is the place to dream big. Through a series of intimate conversations, I'll be sharing inspiring stories of incredible humans who had the courage to follow their dreams, building their meaningful lives and successful businesses. I believe that their personal stories can not only touch your heart and soul, they can move and motivate you to take an inspired action and unleash your own potential. So get ready to live your dreams, no matter how big or small. My friends, I feel that today's episode is going to be very special and personal because I'm talking to Lucy Edge, marketing expert and coach, brand strategist, SEO trained copywriter, published author, yoga journalist and blogger, researcher and founder of Yoga Clicks. Lucy used yoga to transform her experience of corporate burnout, quitting her high-paid job in London advertising agency, and her love of yoga has led her to write three books, including the beloved travel memoir, Yoga School Dropout, followed by The Handbag and Wellies Yoga Club and Down Dog Billionaire. With over 30 years experience in marketing, she now works as a freelance copywriter specializing in wellness. She coaches yoga teachers and studios on how to grow their community online, as well as runs her latest venture, Yoga Clicks, the online yoga shop for mindful living, where everything is made by yogis inspired by a love of yoga. The reason why I'm so excited to talk to Lucy today is that it was in fact her book, Yoga School Dropout, that inspired me to travel to an Indian ashram, quit my high-paid marketing job and become a yoga teacher in 2006. Fast forward, I'm now inspiring other women to dare to live their dreams and having Lucy on this podcast today is just a proof that our dreams do come true no matter how big or small. So welcome, Lucy. I'm so happy you could join me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's just um, it's wonderful to talk to you and to, to hear your story um, of your, you know, this miraculous transformation in the hands of uh, yoga. It's just wonderful. It's been absolutely incredible ever since. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't change anything. Um, but as I mentioned, you are a woman of many talents, passions and skills. And people know you through your books and magazine articles and your Yoga Clicks website and community. But how would you describe yourself and all you do in only three words? Oh, only three words. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, I would say you could sum me up as being powered by yoga. That is me. I'm a driven yoga advocate. You know, yoga changed my life, saved my life, transformed my life. And I just want everybody to have the benefit of that, you know, whether they come to it, you know, most people come to it physically, first of all, but it always Yoga always takes people on a journey, doesn't it? As you and I both know at first hand. And I want everyone to have access to to that. Um, I see it almost like a sort of toolkit, you know, that you can just sort of tap into, um, you know, whatever you're feeling, you can, you can change or you can shift your perspective so that, um, you know, to create a more sort of positive uh, outcome for your uh, for your day not always uh, easy to put into practice I know but uh, that that is it, as an experiential practice it's a um, a fantastic tool to have at your to have in your pocket whenever you know life goes pear-shaped as you know it uh, is want to do and uh, I just want everyone to have access to that tool so yeah powered by yoga that's me <laughs> that's a perfect three three word phrase <laughs> absolutely <laughs> 
if we can go back to your beginnings, how did your journey unfold? I know that you spent over a decade working as a London advertising executive. Uh, so how did you even move into advertising and working on global campaigns for Johnny Walker, uh, United Airlines, Lloyds Bank and Marks and Spencer, amongst many other household names? Uh, well, it, it started, I basically got a uh, graduate trainee job at J. Walter Thompson straight out of university. And um, I had wanted to be in advertising since I was um, 12 years old. I had done a um, course in uh, in my art class on creating an ad and I just loved it. I really enjoyed that process and I created a um, an ad for, this was in the era of punk, that's how old I am, maybe I was 13 1976, 77, sometime around that. And um, uh, it, it was a punk looking in a mirror and it say, said uh, earth shattering or something like that. I mean, you know, pretty corny line. But I just I, I just love the whole process of thinking about it, about, you know, what you might say to somebody to um, to, to invite them on, uh, you know, to, to sell them something and uh, to understand that customer and their, their behavior and how, how um, brands could work with people. So yeah, it, it started very young and I was reading, you know, Campaign, which is the industry, um, you know, newspaper for magazine for uh, since I was about 15, 16, alongside, you know, Honey and, uh, and Marie Claire and all those ones. But uh, yeah, I was just a total sucker for it. I loved it. And I was just, I used to also um, buy magazines and count up the number of ads in the magazine and look at what, and I kept a record of it in a diary. And I used to look at what, <laughs> I was just a really strange child I was. And so, so I would look at these these images of, uh, of, of ads and what had it been put next to and what did that tell me about who they were trying to target, all this kind of stuff. And I, I explained this when I went for my graduate trainee job and they probably should have sort of thrown me in the local um, loony bin, but they, um, they gave me a job <laughs> instead. <laughs> So all that hard work, at, you know, 12 or 13, you know, counting pages in magazines paid off. Um, and that's how I got into it. And uh, yeah, it, and then it just turned into, I, I mean, I loved it for the first uh, 10 years or so. I did. It was great. And, you know, very creative people, lots of really interesting campaigns. But the nine to five days back then were more like, you know, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, if I was lucky and eventually that kind of level of, um, of of work just burns you out as I, I'm sure lots of people listening to, to this would be able to relate to um, and you know so it was just you know insane amounts of, of work and as I'm sure you can relate a lot of what uh, you're talking about is not necessarily terribly meaningful and so you know, I, I talk in my in my first book in yoga school drop dropout about you know the amount of time I spent deciding what song a sunflower should sing for what was then Vitalite Margarine, and also I worked on Green Giant and um, Sweet Corn, and you may remember him as the giant that says ho ho ho. And we had a lot of conversations about whether he should say anything else, and I think I worked on it for eight years, and I think by the end of it we decided he should stick with ho ho ho. So <laughs> I was kind of keen by the end of that to to make some kind of significant shift in my life. <laughs> so how did you consciously decide to make um, this shift, taking the time off and going to India to travel, do yoga and uh, leaving your job as a result of this little adventure? Well, um, it wasn't really that. Con well, I didn't set us set out to do it consciously what happened was I just got more and more burnt out and ended up getting clinically depressed you know I had to go to um uh sort of outpatients at the Priory um in London and um I was seeing a therapist at the time as well and uh I tried taking antidepressants and they just didn't do anything for me at all I've never really been that keen on taking sort of pills for things and having been practicing yoga for a little while I decided that you know that was when I got on my mat that was the place that I felt at home and felt most myself and you know the least adrift in the world and um, so I thought the best thing to do would be to just roll up that yoga mat and um, pop it in a bag and um, and take some time out and see where um, see where I ended up at the end of it I didn't really 
it was a reaction away from something perhaps more than a move towards something it was just this is the only place I feel safe and myself and I'm therefore just going to give myself that time to um, you know to recalibrate and uh, and I didn't take the um, antidepressants so I think I took them for a few days and that was it and um, and off I went and uh, you know it didn't go according to plan really the whole trip but uh it certainly um got me out of the um the very negative mental headspace that I was that I was in at that time so it was more a question of having to take the time off I think than it was you know forward planning to take the time off um and uh escaping from uh, from the that reality exactly yes it really it really was an escape and um family and friends you know, were worried about me making that decision and taking that as a big leap into the unknown, but they could see the state that I was in. And, uh, you know, I had a really, my, you know, really touching meal with my dad. And, my, you know, my dad loved um, going to this particular Italian restaurant in London, been going there for years. And uh, I just burst into tears one day having dinner with him, you know, and, um, Bless him, he, you know, he could have felt really embarrassed, you know, he's in this place, you know, what's his daughter doing, you know, but he just took my hand and said, I'm, you know, I'm here for you and this is going to be okay and what do you need? And, um, yeah, I might feel weepy even thinking about it, but, yeah, I, ju I just felt like, you know, he really had my back um, during this whole thing and um, and my mother too, you know, my mum was very much sort of, yeah, you should go and you should do it. And then my, my stepmom was... Uh, um, put together all these uh, sort of gave me all these um, pink files that uh, and uh, I then started sort of collating where I was going to go and you know sort of you know what I what I would go and see and do and all that kind of thing so she sort of helped me to plan it out so I, I was very lucky that I did feel very sort of supported by them although you know they were very concerned about my state of mind at the time I think they could see that it was the right thing for me to do. Well, thank you for sharing. That's um, that's really amazing. And uh, how long did you end up traveling in the end? Um, six months in the end. Yeah, just yeah, it was about six months. And uh, I started down in um, uh, Mysore, and uh, then sort of worked my way sort of further south to Kerala to the Shivananda Ashram that I believe you have been to too. And uh, so we both now met the uh, the Swami, as I called him in my book, he's very handsome. And he'd only just become a Swami and I was very single. Um, so I felt like at the time I'd already got my timing wrong. Um, but uh, anyway, he stayed a Swami and I'm, I moved on. Uh, and that's fine. But um, yeah, I spent six months and I travelled all around from um, south of India, right round um, up through uh, Mumbai, up to... Um, up to uh, the north of the country to Rishikesh, to the which is is uh, basically where the the sort of Ganges comes down from the from the Himalaya, and it's a real sort of gathering spot for the orange-clad sadhus who you know gather there to chant God's name and to you know give praise, and and that was my favourite place in in India. I thought that was just it was just wonderful. It's um just just really fantastic people I got um, adopted by the guy who was the um, he was the sort of I guess, I guess nowadays you'd call him the kind of outreach guy he, he was um, a German and he was living at the ashram and he adopted me um, I called him Mr Hospitality and he basically showed me around Rishikesh and took me to to um, meet hidden saints who chose to remain hidden and um, you know, sh uh, showed me how to bathe in the Ganges and all of that. So I, I think you know, when you travel, you meet the most amazing people as you go, don't you? And you can't plan for any of that. It just all just happens as as you uh, as you travel. And um, he was wonderful. And then there was a, a waiter called MP who I'm still in touch with to this day. He sends me lots of WhatsApp messages and wishes me and all the happiness and all the Indian festivals. And he's now got grandchildren. You know, he was. Um, in his sort of 20s when I first met him so you know I, I felt like they you know everybody although you can't plan it you know if you take that leap into the unknown you do somehow land on your feet you know and yeah there were tough times you know I ended up in in hospital on a drip in Mysore but then 
you know, the Mysore, some of the Mysore yoga students knew where I was and um, and came and visited me, you know, and so I never felt sort of abandoned or completely alone. This was in the days before mobile phones, but, the, you know, word had spread. So they um, they came to find me. So I think, you know, I would definitely say to anybody wanting to follow their dreams, you know, and but not quite sure what to do. I think, you know, you can't do your planning, but then, you know, throw throw the book up in the air and see how it lands. Mm. I love that. I, it totally resonates with me. So um, then obviously coming back from your travels then came your first novel and travel memoir, Yoga School Dropout in, was it 2006? Um, 2005, yeah. 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 And um, as I said before, um, it completely changed my life. But what did publishing this book do to yours? Um, well, I had um, hoped to return to advertising, kind of recalibrated at the end of all of this, uh, end of the trip. But I realised that that just wasn't for me. Um, before I went, I mean, I wanted to, to thought I would return and something would happen. But um, when I came back, I realised that I wanted to write this book about my travels because they hadn't gone entirely according to plan. And um, I kept really good notes um, as I'd been kind of entertaining friends with, you know, tales of my hapless and hopeless quest to, you know, to become a yoga goddess. And uh, so I had plenty of material and I just thought I'm going to write this. And uh, so I did that and uh, Ebury published the book. And then after that, um, what was weird was a uh, lot of the marketing people that I used to work with then got in touch and said, could I help them with writing for their um, for their websites, for their um, for their training programs and so on. So I I I basically pivoted, I suppose, in the in the, this, these days language from a sort of you know brand strategist in an ad agency to um, freelance brand strategy and um, copywriting, and um, and used the and, and the book became a kind of calling card for the writing. So I never really set out to become a copywriter. This is what I mean by, you know, things just happen as you uh, as you go. Um, and, you know, it, I feel like, you know, the thing I was teaching my teacher training, uh, yoga teacher training is, you know, to, to work out what change you want to make in the world for people and how you can, you know, be a lighthouse. Um, you know, when you've, when you've created a strong stand for yourself and what you believe, you know, it, everything sort of comes to you much more readily and people find you much more easily, don't they? And, uh, you know, that that's sort of what happened. You know, I, I just sort of from from the book um, became a writer uh, and uh, a copywriter and, you know, marketing. And I find, you know, I just I do quite a lot of different things. So, you know, as you said in your wonderful introduction, I've got, you know, many, many different strings to my bow. But I'm, I think beneath them all the thing that unites them is this sort of drive for yoga um the advocacy of yoga and the advocacy of of our well-being you know i don't want anyone to stay in corporate life you know longer than they really really want to and you know i think my experience shows that people can make that you know can make that shift and lots and lots of people have made that shift you know just decide what the next step is um and take it uh, without necessarily needing to know what the step after that is. Uh, I mean, listening to your story and even all the other guests on my podcast, it seems like um, the you know following our dreams and obviously leaving the corporate is very common. So I wonder after you know launching this podcast if there be any people left in corporate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the last person to leave, please turn out the lights. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after you know after everyone's had. You know, we've been in lockdown, but we've also been in freedom as well, haven't we? In our, you know, being in our own homes and being able to, you know, wear, in my case, my yoga pants all the time. Um, and you know, it. I, th I think this, the these past sort of in, this enforced period of reflection will have given them people a, a great deal to think about. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if there was a big exodus from uh, corporate life into more um, soul-fired businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what's possible out there for you and how you can reinvent yourself. I think exactly. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So it seems to me that even your other two books portray your life's journey as you grow, evolve, and obviously enter the next chapter of your life. Um, the Handbag and Wellies Yoga Club sees you trading the city rat race in London for Norfolk Farmhouse. So was the country life as poetic and idyllic as you imagine? In a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely not I think um, I did really I really struggled to make friends because you know when you move somewhere else normally uh, the age I was then you know you'd be making friends through your children's school or whatever but uh, I didn't have um, kids and uh, I'd met my husband by the point by this point he was uh, introduced to me by a friend who had met each of us on yoga holidays of course um, and uh, so we you know we had each other and, uh, you know, we we um, became quite sort of self-reliant, I, I suppose. You know, I, I, I joke that, uh, you know, during the period of the sort of COVID, uh, it's really not been that much of a change for me because, you know, I've been so socially isolated for the last um, 10 years now. And um, and so for me, if anything, my world has got uh, more uh, more exciting because there's so much more now that's online you know I can do yoga classes with yoga teachers who who previously were only teaching you know physically in London and I couldn't get to them and all these amazing cultural things that are going on as well and you know obviously there's all the zoom calls with your girlfriends you know whereas previously I'd sort of miss out on quite a lot of that stuff so um, for me uh, it has, uh, you know, the lockdown has made country life um, much more poetic and um, and idyllic than it uh, used to be. Um, I think, you know, we will make a, a move in the next couple of years, and uh, I probably would want to go nearer towards a um, a town, and uh, or at least a village, because at the moment I live up a farm track, and I literally can't see anybody at all, you know, unless I uh, unless I get in my car and go somewhere. So. There's a, a running track around the back of my house that uh, I, you know, run three three times a week, and I consider it to be crowded. If I if I see a a, um, a hare or a monk jack, you know, I really I just don't see anybody at all. So um, yeah, I think we're we're negotiating on this one because my husband is much more keen than I am on uh, on the uh, the the uh, the isolation. But uh, let's see, we'll we'll work something out so that we're we're both happy and uh, take it from there but uh, yeah I just would say to anybody thinking about moving the country just think about the reality of it you know where you know what are the communities that you are going to plug yourself into and and do your research on the sort of demographics of the people around you because um, you know uh, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying saying it but uh, Kat from Movement for Modern Life um, she's she has online classes she um she was living in one area. I won't mention the name of where she was living, but she just said it was just really isolating. You know, the people were much older, a lot of retired people. And where she lives now, in, near um, in or near Stroud, uh, down in uh, Gloucestershire, you know, that's a much more uh, vibrant kind of yoga, sustainable community. You know, everybody's got their own sort of vegetable patch and everybody does yoga and you know so it's just do the research and find out what you know what the reality of the local environment is really I would say before you know plunging in. Um, then finally your third book Down Dog Billionaire was published not long before you actually launched Yoga Clicks uh, which is your own soul-fired online business and um was it just uh, your love of yoga and meditation that inspired this new venture, or was this idea based on any specific light bulb moment? Yoga Clicks. Uh, basically, what happened with uh, with Yoga Clicks that was that um, lots of readers got in touch with me following um, the publication of Yoga School Dropout and said that they had also been inspired by yoga to create things. Um, so it might be a book, it might be a uh, you know a pair of leggings, it might be mala bracelets, and and I thought what what would be fantastic would be to create a platform uh, where uh, all of those makers could sell their um, you know their products to other yogis and to other mindful shoppers. So that's what um, that's what I did. So I got in touch with I had a lot of fun on Instagram getting in touch with um, makers, uh, finding out their stories and, you know, get how yoga had inspired them to create. And there were so many of them, 
it was just ridiculous that just yoga inspires so much creativity it is fantastic I think it's you know it's the opening isn't it it's that you know when the mind calms then the idea can ideas can flood in and the other thing that yoga does is helps you to lose your fear um, or if not to lose it, then at least to to recognize it for what it is and, you know, and get on and do it anyway. And um, I think that that is really what uh, um, that, that's what uh, really inspires um, the makers. And uh, so many of them have been creating sustainable and ethical products way before, you know, any of the sort of current interest. You know, so a lot of these brands um I know you talked to Alice Asquith. Uh, she her, her brand goes back a very long way. You know, she was one of the initial, um, the initial sort of uh, athleisure wear and and sustainability and um, and ethical makers. And uh, you know, there are lots of others as well. And we sell a lot of them at um, at Yoga Clicks. We're very, you know, we're a curated site, so we try to um, you know only take the you know one of our missions is to to represent the best in design and quality and sustainability for mindful shoppers. And, um, you know, so I, you know, people email me all the time and I, I do say no to quite a lot of people because it's just not, you know, quite the sort of vibe that I want to, to create via the, via the site. But there's certainly, you know, the amount of creativity and the, the joy in it and the transformations in life that I see are just fantastic. You know, for instance, uh, Natalia, who runs um, Star Seeds, she was an Alexander McQueen trained uh, designer, and uh, she just couldn't. Yeah, amazing designer, just real attention to to detail and cutting as well. And uh, she just got, you know, she was partying hard in London and everything, just got totally sort of burnt out as well. And then had this revelation, uh, going to a yoga class one day, that she should create a range of um, of yoga clothing. And so that's what she um, that's what she went ahead and did. And everything is made with sort of painstaking. She's probably of all our makers, the most painstaking in terms of her attention to the detail of, you know, of the sustainability and ethical conversation. And uh, she actually makes quite a lot of her, her clothes in um, Poland. Um, and but she's more recently moved to Bali. So this is my point about, you know, the freedom that yoga gives you is that, you know, her and her husband just wanted to go and live in Bali. So why not? You know, if you've got your own business and, you know, you can be online, then you can, you know, depending on what it is, obviously. But, you know, the opportunity to go and be wherever you want to be is there, isn't it? Maybe I should try and persuade my husband to go to Bali. Maybe that's <laughs> that's the answer. Not try and find anywhere in this country who go to Bali. Um but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure he's he's up for that. If you move, move somewhere gorgeous and sunny. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'd be up for it. Uh, so yeah, I think you know she's in Bali, and then there are other people like Christina who who does the free spirit um, tanks and leggings. She's from Hull in the UK, and uh, she now lives in um, Australia. Uh, she she sits in a cafe overlooking Bondi Beach. And designs her clothes from there, and then she travels a few months of the year to um to India to get her um you know to work with the the makers there uh, to get her collections produced. Um, and she ended she was actually in Bali during lockdown, so she's probably having a cup of tea right now with Natalia. Um, it's not a bad place to uh, to end up if you're going to be in lockdown, is it? So, yeah, I think it was really just that sort of the creativity of the makers that inspired me and the creativity of yoga and just wanting to create a community uh, for people so that they could, you know, sort of work with each other and uh, and we could provide that um, as a resource to the to the rest of the yoga community and the mindfulness community as well. Before we started recording this interview, we chatted and you kindly offered for all the listeners to get 15% discount on Yoga Clicks. Uh, so how can we find Yoga Clicks online, how we can connect and how can people get this uh, beautiful 15% discount on all these amazing products you just talked about? Yeah, so it's yogaclicks.com. It's just yoga CL c-l-i-c-k-s dot com and uh you just use the code dream 15 we thought would be um, perfect for this and 
uh, it's all capitals dream 15 and i think you're going to put um, in the show notes a um, a link that you can a url that you could just click on and uh, if you just use that link it would automatically apply the discount um, as long as you stay on that link um, yeah and that would give you um, 15% off everything in the uh, in the store and we basically sell everything from um, bamboo yoga clothing like Alice Asquiz to uh, eco-friendly yoga mats and uh, we have Natalie Bond uh, candles soya candles and we've got uh, our own range of yoga mats that we've just introduced to which we're going to be doing much more of um, this year as well and uh, they've been selling like mad actually the yoga mats because uh, what's been brilliant about the lockdown is that everybody is now practicing yoga it's just fantastic to see um, the number of searches for online yoga classes that you can see on um, on google is just you know it's huge so yoga has um is is really there for everybody in the same way you know I, I just hope a lot more people have discovered it since it's that does seem to be the case um yeah so just use that discount code there and then you can connect with us on uh instagram facebook uh we're on pinterest and twitter and on all those platforms we're at yoga clicks um so fairly straightforward um but uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. I do all of the social media still myself. Uh, so come and um, connect up with me. Come and say hi. And uh, yeah, let's um, let's uh, follow each other and support each other that we're all in this together. Right. You know, this is, um, you know, we're all, we want to all share our transformational stories. And we've got a sister site called beginnersyogaguide.com. Uh, where we're all we're trying to do there is try and share transformational stories, you know, from stressed out mums to burnt out corporates. And we've got stories from Sydney to, to Sydenham. Um, and yoga saved everybody, you know, it seems, you know, I sort of looked at what, you know, because I like um, counting things, as you know, from my story about my childhood. So I counted up how people had got into yoga. And uh, I mean, it was just incredible that, uh, you know, the, the depression and anxiety and uh, anorexia and you know divorce all of these you know terrible sort of you know cataclysmic events had uh, and experiences had, had all you know got people on their mat and yoga had showed up for every single last person so you know if you want some inspiration have a look at that as well <laughs> beginnersyogaguide.com I'm going to leave the links for, you know, all these, all your websites and social platforms in the show notes so people can easily find you and connect with you. And, um, yeah, I just want to know if uh, yoga, meditation and mindfulness is the inspiration behind Yoga Clicks. What or who do you want to inspire with this website and what, what's your mission or why do you do what you do? Well, we're kind of enthusiastic types. Uh, we've got um, two missions, one of which is our sort of shopper mission, if you like, which is to provide the best in uh, design um, and sustainability for mindful shoppers. And the other one is to um, to, to support uh, our makers to be a successful platform for all of the yogi makers who come to their creativity through the practice of yoga, mindfulness and meditation. So yeah, we, we operate on both of those sort of levels. So we consider, you know, very carefully, that's why we consider very carefully, you know, who we put onto the site, because we want to make sure that if they're putting in the effort of, uh, you know, of working with us, that it's going to, you know, work for them as well, that we're going to help them to expand their um, their community. So those are our, um, our missions. And um, the people that we want to inspire are, you know, fellow yogis, mindfully um, people who want to live mindfully who um, consider what they um, consider what they buy and the impact that it has on the uh, on the planet on other people and on um, animals so you know everything that we sell uh, we put through our um, a sort of ethical criteria we've got some nine criteria and people have to meet uh, all of those criteria not just a few of them in order to uh, to be able to sell on our site because we are ethically accredited as well by the um, ethical shopping guide so we need to you know make sure our own standards are, are high in order to you know remain um, listed with them so it's, a, it's always a good um, 
it's just a brilliant feeling, you know, when someone gets in touch with you and you really love what they do and you hear their story about how yoga's changed their life and you find out what they're doing then to help, you know, uh, disadvantaged women in India, say like Free Spirit, you know, they give 5% of every sale to um, to disadvantaged women who uh, need a second chance. You know, perhaps they're married to somebody who had an alcohol problem or they've been abused in, in some other way. and. Uh, you know, they, these these mainly women, I've got to say, you know, I've, I've only got one male maker that I work with out of 50. Um, so they, uh, they are all, you know, so committed to their path. And quite a lot of them are yoga teachers as well, you know, and Paul Paul, which is made by a lovely Swedish lady called Annika. And she has a yoga, she's a yoga teacher. She's a, she has her own studio. And it was for that reason that she started um, creating well she started creating clothes for herself and then wearing them in the class and then people were asking her where she got them from and so she said well I can make you something so she would make it up herself in the early days and now she gets it made by in India in a sort of fair trade uh, environment so which is brilliant so I think for me the, the sort of big joy of it and the thing that I want to open you know uh, customers eyes to is you know what is is what the story is behind you know every purchase you know that this is that you know we often don't think about our transactions we just pop to the supermarket and we you know we buy what we need but you know in the kind of things i'm selling though you know it is a discretionary purchase although i would say everybody does need a yoga mat must have a yoga mat um but i'm trying to show people the impact of what they buy and how positive that can be you know if they make the right choices um and that, not just you know with my shop I, I work a lot with um you know doing collaborations with other businesses as well and you know if you look at our instagram account you know we're always doing um promotions and um introducing our our uh, community to other uh, to other communities as well um you know we're doing something at the moment with pollen and grace which does um to vegan uh, ready-made food you know we've just done some stuff with um clean who are another artisan um sort of, uh, household wellness products you know all um sustainably made too so yeah i mean it's just it's about um if i said educating that's that sounds really you know school mommy doesn't it but it's just spreading the word isn't it about you know the stories behind these things and the impact that you can make when you when you shop mindfully I think as a business owner, it is to some extent our duty to educate people and uh, just listening to, you know, the stories and um, of other businesses that you represent and sell on Yoga Clicks and their stories and transformation. It seems to me that um, when I'm researching for future guests uh, for my podcast, I should start with Yoga Clicks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure any of our any of our makers would like to would love to talk to you. And you've already uh, talked to Alice, uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm more than happy to put you in touch with any with any of them. And uh, you know, if anybody else wants to talk to anybody as well, then you know, please let me know. We'll just uh, we'll just make it happen. We can do that on social media, no problem. What were the biggest challenges of starting your own business um, and which lesson has been the hardest to learn so far? Um, I think the hardest thing to learn has been, um, well, the, the hardest of quality for me to develop is patience. Uh, <laughs> you know, I th I've just found it because, you know, when you build a website, it just it does take time. When you're getting makers, you know, talking to makers, getting them on board with what you're doing, that takes time. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think for sure that's that's the thing that uh, I find most difficult, that it's that it takes um, a lot of time. And then I think and the other thing, actually, you know, actually bigger than that, thinking about it, is um, the biggest challenge is failure. Because, you know, you set up your own business, you are going to fail in some ways you know in the course of things now hopefully they'll be very small failures but um you know you will make them and you know i i was not used to to failing um because you know i'd done a job that i knew how to do and had done it for a long time i'd been in an extremely privileged position of earning some very good money and uh you know i had the support of some really big teams uh, behind me 
um, and in front of me and around me. And uh, and then suddenly there I am, you know, sitting at home on my own or, you know, my husband would be involved from time to time as well. And I've got to create it all from nothing. And, you know, inevitably you're going to make mistakes. And uh, I we, we chose the wrong tech company to begin with. Um, and then we chose the wrong tech company again. And then we chose the wrong tech company again, three times. And then we found the right the right guy. But it can just it can be really exhausting and and very expensive, you know, when when we make these kinds of mistakes. But I would say, you know, I even if I had to make those mistakes all over again, I would do it again. You know, I would because the reward on the other side is is what you're what you're in there for. You know, the um, I mean, hopefully a financial reward as well eventually. But, uh, you know, I'm talking about the emotional reward of, you know, meeting a new maker and, uh, you know, and hearing their story and knowing that you can do something to help them. Um, that kind of reward. And so that's worth all these failures, you know, and I mean, I don't like to sugarcoat it. I know people say it's not a failure because, you know, you, you've sort of learned, but, you know, they are failures. You know, I, I, don't, I don't find it helpful to say they're not failures. They are failures. But it's it's what you learn from the failure and that you pick yourself up afterwards and think, OK, you know, okay, what, I know now what not to do. That's narrowed down the field now. So I can now, you know, I, I can look in this area over here and make the right decision. Um so yeah, I think it's that it's that failure. But I think you, you know what I think fear of failure would be an even bigger enemy, and that's definitely not one to um, to attach anywhere near your dreams. You know, because I I know so many makers as well who um, have started this. You know what they're doing with no background at all in what they do. You know, so they uh, so Alice, for instance. She is someone who is a, she's a third generation um, maker, a designer. Her grandmother designed clothes as well. So she's very much in that sort of area. But then there are other people like Joe who does mantra jewellery. And she was a corporate. She'd never done any um, making of jewellery before in her life. And um, and, th- and now she's one of the, the, the best selling you know, mantra jewellery experts in the in the country because she what she did there was she went she was inspired by she was she was basically running a marathon and she thought i'm not going to be able to run this marathon on my own what i need to do is to uh uh give myself a mantra for every mile that i run so she created for herself 26 mantras uh, that she could 26 miles isn't it yeah 20 so yeah 26 mantras one for every mile and she repeated them to herself the whole time. And that, that's how Mantra Jewelry was born. So then she decided she'd, you know, create herself a, a uh, an actual piece of jewelry that she would wear around her neck and uh, and do it. So she had 26 mantras ready to go. So I'd say, you know, there are sort of two things on that in that really aren't there if we unpack it. One is, you know, you don't need to be an expert in something to do it. And the second thing is to to allow yourself to be inspired by you know by your by your ideas you know by to actually go and do them and she could have said oh well you know well that was great you know I did my marathon that's it but actually she thought how much would other people be inspired by um by these mantras too I'd like to share them and how do I want to do that you know and so mantra jewelry was born we've shared a lot of these stories on um on our website actually we just got a whole section on uh maker maker stories because we wanted to bring that to life for people and um and that that was you know i mean obviously i love writing and so that was one of my favorite things to do when i uh um when i created the shop you know there are a lot of things that i found hugely challenging you know like um the doing that and accounts anything sort of financial i find really hard and i generally leave to david uh, my husband to do I don't generally it, it tends not to work out well when I get involved with that stuff <laughs> I'll just uh, I stick stick in my lane my lane is uh, sort of creativity and uh, and uh, you know and relationships and community and and he generally sticks in his lane and sometimes we you know we do collide uh working with your um your husband in a in a business is another uh whole podcast uh in itself i'm sure but uh yeah i think um 
it's that celebration of the stories of the humanness of of what you're buying that really lights me up every day that's you know that's what gets me out of bed every day is that um and and just sharing with people you know what the power of yoga is you know that it does have the power to um transform your experience of yourself emotionally and and physically but also in terms of you know what you're capable of um and um, gives you all of the tools that you need to be able to to make your dreams happen. Um, I would say, you know, when you think about your, uh, you know, getting involved in something that you don't know anything about, I would definitely advise you to go and get advice though from people who do, um, <laughs> because you know, if I had, I mean, I know that can be easier said than done, but on the technical front, um, I think if I asked more questions earlier on or reached out to other people who were more sort of technically minded than me I could have saved myself um, and my husband quite a lot of time and uh, and money in that so I would definitely say you know do your research if you don't if you don't know what your what field you're in yeah but then I'm a researcher so <laughs> maybe you don't want to do any research just you know sort it just get out and do it <laughs> So uh, could you ever anticipate the twists and turns of your life and career? You already mentioned that uh, often when we start off thinking we're going to do one thing and then we end up doing something else. Um, and often it's quite something different and often it's something much better than your original plan. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think um, my whole life has been you know a, uh, I, I am you know the job I used to have in advertising was actually planner they call brand strategies planners and uh, I, I've always loved to plan you know those pink files before I went to India were were big you know there were actually six of them um, <laughs> but uh, I think the thing that I've really learned over time is that you know you've just got to go with whatever life throws at you really it's um, you know you can have the best laid plans in the world but uh, you know it, it doesn't necessarily happen and also to to not be afraid to pivot I mean we started off I mentioned the beginners yoga guide we actually started off with that site um before we did the shop because uh the other thing that had come out of the um the book was that uh people wanted to be found you know they wanted a um a trail they wanted to be able to either follow my trail or to create a, a yoga trail of their own and so the beginner's yoga guide was was originally uh, what yoga click it was called yoga clicks and um and that was the place that we wanted everybody to wanted yoga teachers and studios and retreats to list themselves in order to be found and because we made so many technical uh misjudgments and had so many failures with that uh, our idea took us a lot longer to get to into production than we had wanted it to and um another company called yoga trail came along and did exactly what we were trying to do and so we were you know a good by the time we I, mean, I think we were on our second uh failure when yoga trail came out so we thought okay well we know exactly what we want to do we can still do it and we can still make it better and then we we had another technical failure and uh, and so that idea at that time we just we carried on doing it but um David and I were talking one night and uh, he, you know, I talked to him about the creativity of the of the community. He'd seen it for himself, you know, going to, you know, yoga shows and mindful exhibitions and all that kind of thing. And we just thought, well, now is the time to do that. You know, we've got this great technical guy now, you know, called Duncan. He's amazing. Um, and uh, he, he, he works for us sort of full time also does some freelance if anyone needs some help with their uh, with um sort of, uh web development uh, you know the sort of deeper back end sort of stuff um and uh you know let's use him now we've got this great partnership the three of us let's use him to create um our shop and um and actually you know we built it on shopify which is a um you know sort of a, a piece of software that enables anybody to build a shop so didn't require great technical expertise but then he pivoted because he realized that he was much you know he wanted to be more than you know a back-end web developer that he wanted to be much more you know at the forefront of things and help us to run the business so he's now our um our sort of commercial director and managing director 
um you know we all have to wear lots of hats because there are only you know three of us kind of in charge so I always joke you know I'm both the you know the um, chief uh, creative officer and the janitor so <laughs> you know it's, you, uh, when you have your own business you have to be prepared to span everything you know gone are the days of the you know in, a, in an ad agency I'd walk in in the morning and there'd be you know the marble reception and the 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 models turned receptionists and the beautiful flowers in the in the loos and all that kind of stuff you know and that's all completely out of the window um but you know you have yourself at the heart of it all you own yourself again and you can be yourself again and express yourself again and that's the magic that it's all worth you know fighting for um when the going gets uh, tough I totally agree with you. Uh, I think um, that I always say the business, uh, having your own business really gives you um, that freedom to do, you know, and work from anywhere, anytime and uh, do whatever. So that's that freedom, you know, and um, obviously success uh, means different things to different people. But I think yeah. um, what I in common when people launch their businesses, they want that um balance between financial and location freedom and work life um so you you can kind of do what you're passionate about um, but at the same time you know be with your family and yeah. um, do things that um light you up like you said that's that's what you do yeah exactly that's quite right yeah um as i mentioned before as a marketing expert with over 30 years of experience you also teach yoga teachers and yoga studios and other wellness uh, businesses and professionals how to grow their community online. So can you share your best marketing or business tip or advice with people who are at this stage when they are trying to scale their business or level up and obviously grow online? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think my, my start point is always, you know, the sooner you start being you, the sooner other people looking for you will find you. And so all my coaching, um, all my marketing coaching starts with the question, what is the change you want to make in the world? And the second question that I ask is why? Um, because you see, for me, marketing isn't about selling or coercing or shouting. It's the act of making change happen. It relies on you know service and empathy. It's all about anchoring your work in the dreams and the desires and the communities of the people you seek to serve so you know you have your own dream but then you're also wanting to serve other people you know who who um, for whom your dream is their answer so you know out of that you can create honest stories that resonate and spread and you know that's that's the joy for me of my of my makers my makers our makers um you know that that they have anchored themselves in their in the dreams and desires of the people they want to serve that makes it a lot easier for me to share their stories because they're so honest you know and they really resonate with people and it all starts therefore with defining your stand with defining the change you want to see in the world and then causing that change that you want to see and serving the people that you care about and you are inviting them on this journey you know where change can happen and help them become who they seek to become and you know that then is about stepping into the light becoming visible as a leader which is exactly what you've done with your your podcast it's such a great idea to just you know to inspire women to you know to go for it to 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 uh, follow that dream and to to make it happen and in you doing that you know you're offering yourself with integrity and authenticity and standing for something um, that's much bigger than yourself uh, but you're also then, you know, you're setting yourself free, but you get this wonderful sort of incredible convergence that happens when you stand up for your cause with that authenticity. And that is that your tribe finds you, you know, your people, the people who believe what you believe and they care about the things that you care about. Um, and then, you know, your your own customers or your students, you know, if you're a teacher, uh, respond to your cause because your values then speak to their values. And then that then that builds up this amazing amount of organic momentum that, you know, no amount of old school selling or shouting um, could really compete with. Um, you know, I think you're a fan of Seth Godin as well, aren't you? And I think, uh, you know, for him, for me, you know, he talks a lot about this kind of um thing as well about being that you know being your standard being that sort of change in the in the world and 
you know, I would say that is absolutely, you know, where you where you need to start with this. This start by standing still, by rooting yourself. You know, in yoga, there's the pose called Tadasana, which is otherwise known as mountain pose. You know all about that. And um, in that pose, you know, you're invited. You, you you generally do it at the start of most classes, and you're rooting yourself into the ground. You know, you wiggle your toes, you get your teeth nice, uh, your teeth, your feet nice and firmly, sort of earthed. And you, you know, you're standing in the world and that's what you're doing as a as a business is creating that stand. And if you get that right, if you're clear on your change that you want to create and if you're clear on your why, you know, why why are you and you alone the answer to this? You know, then everything else hangs off that so easily because, you know, you're clear, you're 100 percent clear on on your purpose. And um, when you're clear on your purpose, you're unstoppable. So that's my best marketing advice. <laughs> if anyone's listening and they want to learn more and get more tips and advice, I know that you have a Facebook group uh, that mm-hmm. you run, uh, Marketing for Yoga Teachers. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, yes. Uh, you're welcome to join me in there. And then I also do... Um, uh you know one-to-one coaching um on uh on exactly this kind of thing on finding your defining your stand um and uh taking you right through to sort of how to use different uh, types of social media um and then i also write um can write websites as well you know i can do the um the copy and uh i can make it all what's called seo um search engine optimization friendly which basically means making sure that the right people find you because we've created content that uh, is going to reflect your the change your purpose and and help people to and help to attract the right kind of people to you um yeah so all of those different ways and then i've also got i'm just on facebook as, as lucy charlotte edge as well um and i've got a lucy edge page all these different ways all through yoga clicks because um uh, I run it all anyway. <laughs> Lots of different options. Since since you are a SEO expert, I'm sure if people go to Google and just put Lucy Edge, they're going to find you all over the place. <laughs> yes, that is also true. Yeah. <laughs> yes, way too much Lucy Edge out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um... I know for a lot of people who are trying to juggle it all, business can get complicated, uh, busy and full of distractions. Because as you said yourself, we try to juggle it all as a solopreneur as we wear too many different hats. Yeah. And especially with social media, you know, and, and comparing ourselves and uh, kind of looking up to people who are probably ahead of us. How do you keep things simple and not complicated and stay in your own lane? Um well, it's a good question. Um, I and I don't always manage to keep it simple and stay in my own lane. But um, when I do, it's all down to um, to do lists. Basically, I have a to do list that I work on every day. And I before I start work, I I look at it. I look at it at lunchtime, and I look at it again at the end of the day. And I'm constantly sort of you know reprioritizing things. But uh, I, I I say right. I've got so it's so it goes on for maybe two pages this list, but I only keep in the what I'm going to do today the things that I know I can achieve in that day, and in doing that that keeps me present to the task at hand rather than worrying about all the other stuff that's going on. So I, I, it's just it's about you know being focused, picking the things that are really important uh, that are also achievable. Because the worst thing in the world is if you give yourself a really long list and then you think, actually, I could be working until 10 o'clock tonight and I'm still not going to get through it all. You know, you just feel like a, a you know, like you failed or, you know, that you're on the back foot constantly. And uh, that's, you know, that's not very helpful to anybody, is it? So I yeah, just try and keep it to a sort of reasonable list of, uh, of things and, uh, and, and tick, I like ticking them off you know um and and eventually deleting them as well you know so the stuff that's sort of blindingly urgent that i have to get done first is in red and then you know i um i work through to the 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 black stuff later on in the uh, the day so yeah to do lists and if you work in a team get a uh, uh a um so to, uh, an organizer like uh, we use um it's called aptly called asana <laughs> 
or asana and uh, <laughs> it's a really good group tool i don't know if you know it but it's uh it's great because you can sort of create tasks for other people um and then you know for me as a business owner i can go in and say i need you know customer support to do this or you know my product lady to do that uh, and they can equally give me things to do as well so i can sometimes end up with quite long lists on that too so yeah to-do lists and uh, and planning and uh, asana and then be prepared for it all to get blown out of the water because you get a phone call at 11 o'clock from a big studio that wants you know 2,000 mats yesterday so, <laughs> and that's you know you just have you, you just have to say well that's a nice champagne problem to have isn't it <laughs> absolutely well as i mentioned before um as a writer, marketing expert, entrepreneur, and yogini, and so many other roles you've got, <laughs> you're a woman of many talents and skills. Um, is there any talent you yearn for still? Uh, and what new and great things can we expect to see from you in the foreseeable future? Um, my um, The talent that I yearn for, well, there's quite a few of them, but the, probably the, the biggest one is one I touched on earlier, which is patience. Um, I'm not the world's most patient person. I do like to get everything done yesterday. That It would be a great talent to be um, a little bit more patient. With um, I, I think I'm probably more patient with other people than I am with myself. But even that, sometimes I think I, I struggle. I do want, I quite can be quite demanding sometimes to people. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, new and great things that, that you could expect to see from me in the future. Well, as long as I stay patient. Uh, I should, in a few months' time, have some um, beautifully made yoga mats and equipment, which we're, um, we're just working um, to source the right company to make it for us. And obviously, we were just about to go with it all, and then lockdown happened, so we, you know, we've had to pause on a lot of that. Uh, but anyway, so I should have some lovely own label, you know, uh, beautifully made mats and equipment, like um blocks and straps and bolsters and all that kind of thing to add to because we already sell some of our own range you know we've already got chakra bracelets and uh we have some mats and we have um some nice uh, t-shirts as well but i really want to expand that and have those made really beautifully and sustainably and ethically as well and then the other thing i'm working on is a marketing course uh, for yoga teachers and uh, potentially other wellness professionals as well to um to help them to uh, get clear on their stand. So it'd be a mix of sort of brand strategy and uh, and then uh, content and uh, spreading the word through social media too. So in, in all of these things, it's a sort of balancing act, you know, what gets done when. And actually last week, I just decided to say no to quite a few things, which was quite a new exercise for me uh, because I'm very much a, yeah, I want to do it, you know, kind of person. But uh, I just realized that I was just getting really, really worn out and uh, it wasn't serving me or anybody else, you know. So I decided to say no to some stuff and that sort of just made me, although I'm still busy, it's just sort of freed me up to just feel more. Uh, it's the theme I keep coming back to. I realized that as I've talked to you over the last hour, an hour and a half, it's, a, you know, it's a, um, a coming back home to myself. That's what happens when um, you practice yoga. You just come home to yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you found time in your busy schedule, obviously, to come on this podcast when you said no to lots of other things that you were able to say yes to, to coming and talk to me? <laughs> no, well, I really wanted to um, to support you with your with what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. And there needs to be, you know, it's just it's just a, a wonderful thing. So you know, saying no to other things enables you to do the things that you really want to want to do, I think. Thank you. So finally, um, I always wrap up each episode by asking my guests if they have any mantra that they live by. So do you have one? Um, yeah, I would say, um, I was going to say, you know, kind of you've got this, but then I'm thinking about it and what, I, um, what I've been saying actually today. And I think my mantra actually is more about, you know, is about checking in with yourself, about being be at home with yourself. You know, are you asking yourself that, are you at home with yourself, you know, and, and feeling and making sure that what you do in, in life is a reflection of that, that you feel at home in yourself and able to offer other people you know safe safe passage as well i would say that's my that's my actual mantra yeah 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, really, it's been a fantastic um, opportunity to to share it because I've you know I've learned quite a lot just in reflecting on it. It's it's helped me to sort of, yeah. to understand it as well. So thank you for some great questions, Michaela. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing. And honestly, listening to your story and how your personal as well as professional journey evolved over the years has been so inspiring. And um, it just shows that if you put your passion and purpose and service um, into your actions and all you do, um, that virtually anything is possible. So I'm uh, going to leave the links to your website, your social media uh, in the podcast notes again so people can find you and they can also uh, take advantage of that 15% discount that we talked about. Um, so, yeah, it just, um, it's been absolutely amazing. I'm just so honoured you joined me today. Thank you so much. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks, Michaela. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of She Dares to Dream podcast. If you loved it as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Then head over to the show notes for all the links and information on my guest this week. You can check it out at michaelaoleksova.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to download my free manifestation guide that shows you how to create a business and life of your dreams. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. And until then, have an awesome week.